Okay, we are on a very, very important topic concerning our hearts. You know, the Bible says that out of the heart flows the issue of life. Your heart determines your future. Your heart determines your success. Your heart determines your failure. Okay, so that is how important uh, the condition of our heart is. So during this time, we learn that there are so many different kind of voices that continuously bombard our minds, speaking to us, wanting to enter through our mind into our hearts to control our hearts and therefore control our life. But we also know that at the same time, God's word is also speaking into our hearts. Because our hearts are made for God to dwell. And the word of God wants to come in and take dominion so that we are totally belonging to Jesus. So can you see the intensity, you know, the frequency of this kind of warfare that a lot of time we are not aware. We thought this is natural. We thought this is just our thinking. We thought this is just somebody's opinion that is blasting away, you know, trying to influence us. But we realize if it's not from God, at the back of it, Satan is behind those voices. So God wants to see that our hearts are really totally given over to Him. And and, and that's why He is revealing, you know, to us so that we know uh, what is happening. So we want to continue to talk about protection from heart attack. Okay, protection from heart attack. So the many voices that speaks to us, we have a part to play in it. In a sense that we may have a weakness, a sin that we're struggling in. So that, that gives opportunity for the enemies to, to speak. We have a part to it because the people who speak to us maybe who are very close to us, you know, so we, we, we are not able to discern and say, hey, that's not right, right? Because these people are so close to us. So we have a part to it. But this morning I want to focus, I want to continue to focus on voices that, uh, that is external that wants to influence us. So this morning, uh, what we want to focus on is the external voices from people who may not be close to us, who may be close to us, but they want to speak to us. They want to influence our heart so that we can stand alongside them. We can be part of them. But we need to discern whether this voice is from God or it is not from God. It's from this particular person. Okay, so we want to read the scripture. Uh, We continue on where we left off last week. We want to continue to read the scripture, James 3. James 3, I want to start from verse uh, 14. Is, is Is it there? Verse 14. Okay, verse 14 and verse 15. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly and spiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. 
verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So we put this, we read this uh, uh, scriptures together so that we can compare the wisdom that comes from the world which is unspiritual which is of the devil what is like as compared with the wisdom from heaven and what has that to do with our hearts because if our hearts are filled with God then we will have wisdom from heaven if our hearts are filled with envy bitterness you know uh, 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 and uh, uh, selfish ambition, then, you know, that wisdom will come from a different source that is not from God. So in order to protect our heart, last week we learned that we got to be able to discern the different kind of wisdom, different kind of thoughts or, or, or words that are coming to our hearts. So if we can discern whether they are earthly of the devil or whether they are heavenly from God, then we can receive that which is from God and reject that which is earthly and, and from Satan. Okay, so uh, that's where we are. Uh, that's how we are looking at these verses at this time. Okay, so if somebody were to come to you, they want to influence your heart. They, they speak to you. So the first thing we got to discern is their motive. The motive. So it says here, uh, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. First of all. Take note of that. First of all. If this, this area is wrong, everything else will be wrong. If the heart of that person is not pure, be careful, because how they perceive things will be wrong. Their opinion will be wrong. What they say and how they judge and how they decide will be wrong. So that's why our heart is so important. First of all, it got to be pure if we want to protect our hearts, right? So we got to discern whether the person come to us. Hey, does the person have a pure motive? Does is a person's heart pure? If not, I better be careful. Right? I better not let my emotion, let my reaction you know, be taken in because I discern that hey, the, the, the heart, the motive is not, is not pure. Okay, so can I emphasize to you the order of this verse is important. The Word of God says, first of all, you know, your heart got to be pure. Okay, so we need to discern whether the person who comes to us has a pure heart, pure motive. What is a pure heart? What is a pure motive? It's not selfish ambition. It's not self-centered. It's looking at the big picture. Okay, so if our hearts is pure, it says, then, the second thing, then we are peace-loving. The order is important, okay? We're peace-loving. Because our heart is pure, we want the best for everyone. Not ourselves. We are not there to, to want to see our way. But rather we are able to look at the big picture. We are able to see the good of 
everyone. So we are peace loving. Okay, so when we have a pure heart, then we will be peace loving. Okay, so to us, relationship is very important. In fact, it's utmost important. Because if the relationship is right, you realize if you want to solve the problem, you want to find out what is right, what is wrong, it's very easy to do that. But when the heart is not right, the heart is out to win, the heart is out to prove themselves, the heart is out to ascertain their own worth, you know, there is a, a motive behind it. It's very difficult to resolve what is right and what is wrong. Right? But when the heart is right, the person is peace-loving because we uh, see that relationship is of utmost importance. And then when you go and solve what is right and wrong, you find that, hey, it's, it's no big deal. It's no problem. If a relationship, then the problem, oh, then it doesn't matter too much because we're not there to, 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 to win. We're not there to... What we, we, we treasure, so we're, we're able to, to accept we're wrong, we're able to accept we're right. You know, it doesn't matter too much because the, the, the relationship, the peace loving aspect is, is so important. So, pure heart does not mean that we're faultless. You know, let's, let's be clear about that. So, don't accuse somebody, you know, the person's heart is not pure. No, pure heart doesn't mean that we're we are faultless. It just means that we are so, well, we, we just want to know the truth. We just want to live in the truth. We, we may fail, but that's okay. Right? But pure heart, we want to get it right. That's what is, is, is a pure heart. Uh, we're not there to condemn, to judge, and, and to, to, if you like, punish a person. That's not our motive. Okay? But uh, a person with pure heart, they want to get it right. They will acknowledge they are wrong. You know, it's, it's no, no big deal. Okay. And then the third, third thing, the Bible says, consider it. If the person have a pure heart, the person will be considerate. So when you are considerate, you look at a big picture. You're able to see beyond yourself. You're able to see the other person. You're able to see the, the larger community or, or, or church that we belongs to. We are considerate. So when we are considerate, it doesn't mean that we let people walk over. So don't judge people who are considerate as people who, uh, uh, who have to make right decision and that will cause us uh, effect on the other person. You know, a considered person, you, you know the exact situation, you know uh, the big picture. Let me give you an example. These are characteristics of God, isn't it? They are the wisdom from God. So when God looked at Saul before he became the apostle Paul, God was considerate. Because this Saul, he was so proud, he was so Arrogance, he thinks that he's so righteous legalistically. And he wants to destroy the church. He wants to destroy the teaching of the way because he thought it's so right. So God is considerate about Saul. And he wants the best for Saul in order for Saul to enter into the kingdom of God. So when he was considerate, 
How did he deal with Saul? With this kind of person, God needs to whack him really hard. A considerate. God needs to whack him really hard. God needs to throw him off the horse that he was riding on, blind his eyes, so that he is, if you like, neutralized. Because he's so dangerous, he's there to kill, he's there to murder. So God has to neutralize his power so that he felt like he's nothing. In order to build him up again. In order to open his eyes so that now he can really see. Right? So in leadership position, sometimes we're considerate. It doesn't mean that, oh, you know, we're so considerate that we don't make right decisions. We let people be what they want to be, you know, because they are this. There's always a reason. So we, we let people justify themselves. No, that's not consideration. Right? Consideration, yeah, we are thinking about the person's good. So that is the best thing that could have ever happened to Saul. Because that turned his life round and he became an apostle. He entered into the destiny of God. That's God's consideration. Okay, so there are people who misunderstood about consideration. Right? I, I, I went to, I, I told you I went back to my church in UK in a recent trip. This is a small, tiny church. And they have a pulpit. And somebody has put two bouquet of uh, plastic flowers in a big, you know, just imagine a big stage when you have this pulpit and beside it, this two big bouquet of flowers during a wedding. They did it for a wedding. So the last time I went there, it was there. It looks horrible. You know, the pulpit is small and it's, it's like a, a forest, you know, up there. But my pastor is a very, very considerate person in the sense that, you know, you don't want to offend people, right? So you don't want to take it down even though it looks ugly, it looks terrible, just in case you, you offend the person who put it there. So, so that's, that's the kind of consideration that is not right, okay? That is not balanced. So in my preaching, I dropped a hint I open the way so that if he wants to take it, he can take it away. Uh, the members will know what I have already spoken uh, so that the, the pulpit can look a little bit decent. Okay, So, so that is a different kind of uh, consideration that is not right. It doesn't help. You know, there are people who never solve problems, you know, they, because they, 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 they dare not make those decisions. So the, things get, get into a mess. So when we're considerate, it doesn't mean that we allow people to walk over us. It does mean that we understand. We understand where people are coming from. We understand. So now, how can I help? So when I help, I may need to make tough decisions. But so be it. But I'm considerate. Right? I, I, I don't, I'm not rude. I'm not uh, uh, trying to destroy the person. No. I'm thinking about the good of the person. Right? And I tell you, it's not easy throughout as a pastor for so many years. So sometimes I have to deal with people because nobody dares to deal with them for years and years and years. And so in my consideration, 
well, I can remember uh, quite some time ago. I was fearful of the relationship, you know. And, and, but nobody dares to deal with that person. And I, the reason why I want to deal with a person is to help the person. Is so that a person can grow, can have a breakthrough. And so I took on the role, but of course, you know, sometimes it's not appreciated and, and that's just too bad, right? But I, I did try, I did try. So throughout the, uh, my, my pastoral uh, experiences, there are times I have to do that. Not because I'm rude, not because I don't understand, not because, no. It's exactly because I understand the situation and I have to make some tough decision or, or say some words to them in order to help them to break through. Okay, so, so uh, we, we need to understand. Otherwise, the people continue in such a way for so long because nobody wants to be considerate and deal with uh, that, that kind of situation. Okay, look at the next thing. Remember, it's, all, it's order, it's secret, uh, you know, one, one after another. So from considerate, the next thing, it talks about submission. If the person has a right spirit, right heart when they come to you, they are a submissive person, they are not a rebellious person. Uh, a submissive person, they have a spirit of humility. They are teachable. Okay? They, they are teachable. Uh, sometimes you listen to people, you know. You know there is a hardness there. Right? You know there are some bone of contention that is in the heart that needed to be resolved. Uh, so, uh, I think we, we understand submission is so different from obedience. The, the famous story about this little boy who asked by the mother to sit down and he said, I am sitting down on the outside, but inside I'm standing up. Okay, So this child uh, definitely doesn't want to sit down, but he has no power. The parents are more powerful, so he has to obey. But he's not submissive. He's rebelling on the inside. So uh, a submissive person recognizes authority. Recognize authority. Remember the, the centurion who came to Jesus because his servants were paralyzed, were in pain. Okay, this centurion he has a pure heart. How do I know? Okay, I'll tell you in a little while. Because the centurion, he didn't come to Jesus because his son, his daughter, was not well. He came to Jesus because his servant was not well. Hey, this is a very powerful man. A man who controls a lot of people and so on. And yet, his heart was so pure. He cares for this, this uh, servant. So he came to Jesus and, and he understands authority. He understands submission. So he said, I'm not worthy to, to, for you to come to my house. So he recognized authority. Right? He recognized the ranking of authority uh, in Jesus. He said, I'm not worthy. And then he said to Jesus, just speak the word. Oh, he recognized authority. You know, he recognized when uh, the authoritative person released the command, you obey. 
You don't ask questions. He just speaks the word. And you obey. So he recognized that you, you just willingly, you just obey because uh, the person in authority has given the command. And then in order for us to be submissive, submission always costs you something. Jesus, when he wanted to submit to the Father, he said, not my will, but your will be done. It will cost you. It will cost you your will. Okay, your, what you desire, what you want. So a heart that is pure is submissive. Not obedience, it's submissive. Inside, they recognize authority, they honor authority. Right? I'm not worthy to come for you to come to my house. They honor authority, they, they listen, they obey, they pay the price, even though in certain ways they may disagree. In certain ways they may not be able to see what the person in authority is doing. Okay, but there is that, that honor, there is that trust, there is that obedience, uh, submission that they are willing to, 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 to go through. Okay, the next quality about a pure heart, somebody with pure heart, is someone who is full of mercy. Full of mercy. Full of mercy. Psalm 51, verse 1. Psalm 51, verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. So the, the person with, uh, full of compassion, they deal with the other person despite the fact that the other person is not worthy of how we treat them. Right? We give the person another chance. Another chance. Another chance. Right? The person is not worthy. Is not worthy of how we treat them, but because of mercy, because of compassion, because of the great love of God, we are willing to just bear with the situation and allow the person the opportunity to grow and grow. Okay? In their life. So we are... Full of mercy in the sense that people do not deserve how we deal with them. Okay, but we just allow, we bear with the person, we allow the person the opportunity to continue to grow, to continue to understand. So when Jesus was merciful to the woman who was caught in adultery, the Pharisee wanted to stone her, wanted to kill her because she was caught in the act. But Jesus was merciful to her. How was Jesus merciful to her? He said, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. So being merciful doesn't mean that we don't say anything. Doesn't mean that we don't tell the person this is wrong. Okay? We need to tell the person it's wrong. But we don't condemn you. We let you have the opportunity to get it right. Don't do it again. And on our part, in order for us to receive mercy, we need to ask for mercy. Okay, let's look at the scripture. In, uh, but let's just read Matthew 9.13 first. Matthew 9.13 But go and learn that what this means. I desire mercy 
not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Go and understand what mercy is. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So you don't know what's happening in the pastoral ministry. Sometimes people come to church. I will have people tell me that person shouldn't come to our church because that person is so bad, so bad, so bad, so bad, so bad. As a pastor, what do you do? It's very difficult. Because people don't understand mercy. People don't understand the love of God. They don't understand God. Jesus has come to call the unrighteous. And in fact, every one of us here, we are not perfect. We are far from perfect. The person will tell me that in many ways can be worse. Not, not in the same way, but in different way. You see, Jesus was really tough on the Pharisees and Sadducees because the Pharisees and Sadducees think that they are right. They are so right. You know? So Jesus was very, very tough on them. But those who understand their sinners and so on, somehow Jesus has so much compassion on them. Right? So don't do that. Okay? Don't come to me, uh, talk to me about this. You can come to me and tell me so that I'm aware and know how to shepherd the person, how to, uh, you know. But not to the point of telling me somebody is not qualified to come to our church. Because this church is for sinners. It's for those who are lost. It's for those who who really need Jesus. Proverbs 28, 13. 28, 13. He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them find mercy. It says that if we conceal, if we deny, if we refuse to acknowledge our, our own failing, then we will not be able to re- receive mercy. But when we are able to recognize them, acknowledge them, renounce them, we're able to receive mercy. So to, to be, uh, to receive mercy, we need to ask. We need to ask. And that's why it's so important that our hearts is, is pure. Because, yeah, people do offend us. People do, do things which are so terrible yeah, against us. Right, And when they are willing to resolve it, they are willing to face to face with that, that's the time we need to be gracious. That's the time we need to show mercy. That's the time we need to show our heart is pure. There's no selfish motive inside. Because if it's self, we want punishment. We want judgment. We want condemnation against a person. Okay, so that's the time we need to be merciful so that God's kingdom can continue to be extended and, and, and sinners are, are coming because they find love and they find acceptance. Okay, right. Next thing. Full of good fruit. 
full of good fruit. Jesus said, by the fruits, you will tell what kind of person is that one. Every one of us, we have good fruit. The worst kind of person, there is something good about them somewhere. You know, I just give the illustration about gangster. They talk about faithful. They talk about we are one. If you touch my brother, you touch me. We are one. So that kind of commitment, that kind of sense of belonging to one another is so strong. You know, this is what we should be in church. But to our shame, we are, we, we are not like that. You know, we have the same blood of Jesus flowing through us. But we are not like that. No way near. So you see, every one of us have good fruit somewhere. But here it talks about full of good fruit. Because to have good fruit sometimes deceives us. Because we look at the good thing, we say, look, 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 you know, I'm so good, I'm so, you know. But we do not look at the things that trouble us, that cause problems and so on. We use the good things, our performance, whatever. You know, we use the, the good thing to prop up ourselves and while denying the other thing that really needed to be dealt with. So Jesus said, by the fruit you tell. So not just good fruit, but full of good fruit when our heart is right. Not mixed fruit. Full of good fruit. Okay? Not mixed fruit. Right. And then, uh, number seven, it says impartial and sincere. Impartial and sincere. So can you see, if your heart is pure, you, you see the whole thing. You, you want to see the big picture. You don't look at it from your own perspective, from your own personal uh, uh, point of view, because that will be biased. That will not be uh, uh, impartial. So when the person comes to us, we're talking about people trying to influence us. When the person comes to us, what kind of attitude is in the person? Is a person saying here, I have this trouble, I have this problem with so-and-so, and, uh, you know, this is what happened. As far as I know it, this is what happened. You know, maybe there are things I do not know why that person react in this way, why the person say in this way, but this is as far as I know it. You know, could you help me? Because I have this problem. You see, when the person comes in such a way, the person is impartial. Even though the person is involved in the problem, but he, the person is there to, to, because he loves peace. He's considerate. He's pure. He's humble, submissive. So he's there with an open book and say, as, as far as I know, this is what happened. But I do recognize maybe there are things I cannot see. I do recognize there are things maybe I do not know. And that resulted in this problem. But would you help me? Can you see the difference between a pure heart and someone whose heart is not pure? And that's why the word God says, first of all, the first thing first. If that is wrong, all these other steps you know is all wrong. Right? Well, I shouldn't say all wrong. You know, there will be 
something somewhere that is not right because the heart is not right. So when we are impartial, when we are sincere, you know, problem can be solved. Because we are serious about facing it, we are sincere. We want a pure heart. We want to look at ourselves. We want to look at the situation. But sometimes we don't want. We don't want the hassle. We don't want the trouble. We don't want to go through. See, the process is very important. If you don't go through the process, you will not be refined. Okay, the goal being refined, it does take a process. It's not a quick job. You have to go through different layers of skimming off the pollution that surface until eventually it becomes pure gold. So the process is important. It's unpleasant. I tell you it's unpleasant, but it's necessary. Okay, so so when people come to us, discern what is the motive? Starting from the heart, and then you can see uh, the difference. So can you see the other type of person who come, they want you to support them, they want to even dig it out from you to see whether you've got other things against the person or not. You see the heart is wicked above all things. Okay, so we are there to do the devil's work, to bring division, to bring uh, destruction, to, to kill, rather than to restore and rather than for love. So peace-loving people will always become a peacemaker. If you are not a peace-loving person, you won't think about peacemaking. Okay, verse 18. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. James 3, verse 18. uh, Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Okay, you notice the word sow in peace? Okay, so he said you sow in peace. When we sow, it doesn't mean that we're going to get fruit tomorrow. It takes a process. It's unpleasant. It's tough work. You know, you've got to water, you've got to fertilize it. You know, but peacemaker, we go through that. We go through that with the person. We're willing, if they are willing. You see, it takes two parties to make a peace treaty. Okay? And you just have to go through the process. You got to go to the roots. You got to resolve the problem. Then there is lasting peace. Right? Otherwise, you look at Israel and Palestine. Always a peace treaty somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. But you know, it just lasts for two weeks. And then there will be a bombing. So we got to go through the process. It's unpleasant. And, and the worst Chinese, Chinese are terrible at solving problems. Because we don't want to go through a process. We know it's unpleasant. We don't like it. So we just want to cover it and just say, hey, let's move on, let's move on. You know, no, nothing, nothing. It's okay, it's okay. You know, shake hands, say sorry. And, and, and this is how we deal with problems. But we don't get to talk through what is the real problem? What is the issue? All we want is to argue and to fight to say I'm right. But we don't listen. 
Okay, so that's why a pure heart, a pure heart is so important. You know, to have peace, you listen to both sides. Right? You want to form a peace treaty. Both sides have to agree. You've got to understand both sides of the story. So in order to finally come to the place of peace, remember the qualities that we talk about? Mercy, submission, humility, considering. All these qualities have to apply in the peace process in order to arrive at truly peaceful solution. So it takes two parties to finally come to peace. If one party wants to be peaceful with you, the other party doesn't want. You can't have peace. You can't. Okay, so I hope we have wisdom from heaven so that we will not allow the devil to come in to bring destruction, to division, to kill and to destroy. So when people come to us, when people talk to us, we also know how to filter. We also know how to discern where they are coming from. Are they coming from the gates of hell? Or are they coming from heaven? You've got to decide. Right? If they come from heaven, we welcome, we receive. You know, if they come from gates of hell, we need to know how to protect ourselves, how to come against uh, this influence and, uh, and even how to turn it around. Turn it around for them. Hopefully, they will listen. Okay, so I trust this word is a powerful word for you in your heart as you go on in life, dealing with all, all kinds of situations. Let's, let's stand to our feet.